this is working to be. It is Tuesday, July 26, 2022. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. As we have another jam-packed show for you. We're going to get right into it in a second. Our guest, our very special guest. I think it's his first appearance anywhere uh, since he left the air at 97.5 at the end of May or early June. It's Mike Missinelli. Uh, who is going to be part of the Jacob Media uh, post-game show after Eagles games, which will be seen on the uh, Jacob Media's YouTube channel. Also on 6abc.com, Devin Gunn, or Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, uh, Seth Joyner, and Mike will be on it. So um, we'll talk to him about that. Obviously, we'll talk to him about what life is like after 97.5, how surprised he was uh, by the suddenness that his uh, situation there ended, whether he'll return. He had kind of hinted that he may still consider something down the road with them. Um, but we will talk about all that with him. And also, obviously, the news of the week, which has been a busy week. We'll talk about Castellanos. Uh and the Phillies, who come out of the gate kind of limping, they get saved on two, Monday night by Bryson Stott. Uh, but obviously the controversy involved with that and the whole media outlet there. The Sixers' new arena plan at 10th and Market is a big topic as well. So we'll mention that with uh, Mike all coming up next. Mr. Kern will join me as well, and then Mr. Kern and I will have a brief wrap-up on everything else. Uh, next week will be our 200th episode, um, and I'm working on getting a very special guest. So uh, just hang loose with us. I appreciate everybody who has reached out over the summer. Um, you know, it's been busy. Vacations obviously took place between Mr. Uh, with Mike and I, and, well, I didn't go anywhere, but uh, it was my scheduled vacation. So, um so we're we're going to try to get back on a plan here. Also, I put this back out there. If you're interested in helping us with the podcast, obviously I know times have been a little tight for a lot of people and all that, but if you're interested in helping us as an advertiser, um, please reach out to me. Um, we've done this for four years. We've had a lot of fun. We would like to make you know this a little better and more consistent. So we... Uh, we are reaching out to you as advertisers. And I, I'll i be honest, I don't know how to sell. <laughs> that wasn't what my job was for years. So um, anything to spread the word of mouth would be awesome. Uh, we have a lot of people who listen, and we would love to have you on board. We love having Mike Missinelli on board, and he is our guest this week on Working the Beat. We will be back with him to talk pretty much anything. Who knows where this will go? Mike Missanelli. That's next. We're going to be continues after this. And joining us now, a staple. In the Philadelphia media for, well, over 30 years. Uh, did a ton of Philadelphia drive time sports talk. Uh, 
left that position in May. He will be part of the Jacob pre uh, post game show uh, on Jacob Media on six ABC dot com uh, after every Eagles game this year, and along with our buddy Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, and Seth Joyner. And uh, it is always an honor to bring him back uh, onto the show. It's Mike Missanelli. Mike, how are you? Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Glad glad to be here. And uh, it, it was it thirty years. My God. Well, thirty so, years. Well, there was a couple of interruptions in there, actually, but I guess it amounts to about thirty years. Actually, it's about probably closer to forty, isn't it? Well, when you no, consider your inquiry, when you consider your inquired, oh, job? When the inquired, they're counting the inquiry. Hey, me and Mike and I covered high school games together, probably in like nineteen eighty three. So yeah, that's where everybody got their start, Mike. It doesn't happen like that anymore. Kids, no. kids come out of college, they want to go to a big market and be a star. Yeah. So the landscape has changed. You know, <laughs> I was going to bring that up. But let me start with the Jacob Media Show. What brought you into this? Uh, what made you excited to do a post You know, it came, it, it came out of nowhere, Kev. I was just, like, kind of sitting around and uh, not knowing what my next move would be, if there was going to be any move at all. Uh, so um, all of a sudden, I got approached by uh, by Joe Krause of Jacob Media, and he had this idea that now I I knew he already had Seth, uh, and that news like didn't break until later. But I, I knew Seth was going to be part of the show with D Gun. So uh, I said, "Wow, this is like an interesting opportunity. Sounds like an interesting team." Now I don't know that much about streaming, so this is my first venture into it. Uh, so I hope people tune in uh, when they have to go to to the website or uh, the YouTube channel. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. I, you know, for the first time, I'm just going to be kind of a moderator. <laughs> you know, I'm just, you know, Seth, if you turn to Seth and mention something, he's got the next half hour. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm just gonna, like going to kind of you know swing it to for the gun to Seth uh, and be a moderator. Mike, do you have? Yeah, that's, that's actually not a bad thing, uh, Mike. You know, about a year ago, I think you were on with us. It's almost two, saying, by the way. Has it been that long? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. But you you, you mentioned at the time, hey, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to do this the rest of my life. Right? And you mentioned even, I think, starting a, a, a vineyard because I said yeah. I would work for you and pick grapes. But do you still have aspirations, <laughs> yeah. like, of something? Well, like- as, as a matter of fact, I have just uh, gotten involved with a, a percentage uh, ownership of a vineyard in Cape May. Awesome. I'll be, I'll be, announcing, awesome. I'll be announcing that soon. Uh uh, there was a vineyard I was looking at purchasing. Somebody else purchased it, and uh, uh, I got in touch with them. And uh, so we're going to try to work something out because it's really been an interest of, of mine for a while. And uh, when I looked at it the first time, it was like it was too all-encompassing. Like I would would have had to do all the work, uh, like ride the tractors and and, and, <laughs> and, and and trim the vines, which you know it seemed like a lot of fun. But I I knew it was probably over my head to do that. So uh, I'm going to just kind of stick my toe in it for right now and, and see where that goes. Where, Where's that at, Mike? It's in Cape May? Cape May Courthouse. Okay. Mike. Okay. I, I, I've actually been reading some stories about there's a few down there, that, and that's actually like something that's starting to get a little bigger, right? It, yeah, it, it's very, we're getting very bigger. The climate's pretty good for growing grapes there. And, uh, you know, the, the, the guy that uh, owns the, the, uh, the, the winery has just purchased like a 34-acre uh, farm in, um, in near Millville. Which is a very agricultural, and um, he's going to be planting vines. So yeah, it's it's promising. I'm 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 looking forward to it. What have these last couple months been like for you? Not being it, it's surreal. 
it's really been surreal. Like it's not something I really expected. And, you know, there's a backstory that I don't really feel like getting into now, but it was, it, it was shocking to me, frankly. And I think it was shocking to a lot of people judging by the amount of, uh, you know, feedback I got from, from people. Um, and listen, corporations act in mysterious ways and, and it's an era of, of cost cutting. Um, you know, I thought the show was still pretty good. So, uh, whatever we, we decided to go in different directions. We weren't, we weren't really on the same page. So, um, you know, good luck with good, good luck to them. Well, and, and I was, I was going to ask, there was two things that kind of were left out there. One, you had said that you thought there was a possibility you could, there was a possibility of something else happening at 97.5 that I don't know if you were talking like a, a shift. Uh, like yeah, we, had, we, had talk, we had talked about, I mean, that's kind of still viable. I know we talked about kind of a consultant role, uh, but, um, I don't know. I, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I kind of want to go into completely different avenues right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling in, uh, getting back into, into the law area and, uh, you know, the winery thing. And, and maybe it's, to, it's, it's a message to diversify at this stage or to do nothing. You know, I like, I like the idea of doing nothing. Yeah. So, you know, there, there, there might be a podcast coming down the road and, uh, and I, I got a, a couple offers right away that I'm uh, milling over. So I'm just going to take my time with it, enjoy the summer. And, and uh, you know, the first step was the football show, which I, right. I thought, well, that, you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Working, working a Sunday, staying, staying in tune with the, with the Philadelphia sports uh, uh, landscape. But, you know, the most important sport that we talked about all the time on the air, but like the pie chart was like 75% Eagles. So, I think uh, hopefully people tune into it. It should be interesting. Uh, final question on this from May, at least. Um, you're seeing what Angelo's getting with the farewell tour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jim Gardner's getting it. I mean, you're mm-hmm. part of this. You're part of this class of 22, which, yeah. fairly or not, you know, is is enormous. <laughs> you kind of wish you had that. That you have more uh, than it, just it, that it one show. Been, it, yeah, it would have been nice. Uh, uh, but I say, like, uh, companies are different. And, and and this one, I you know, I, I don't really uh, understand what their what their thinking was, but you know, I, there's nothing really I could do about it. Uh, the companies are entitled to to, to run uh, their business the way they want, and uh, I don't know. It, it seemed like you know uh, they could have done a, things a little different, considering that like I was in that station on the ground floor, and uh, you know I. I pretty much helped develop the brand of their station. And um, I thought it was a little ungrateful of them. Mike, Mike, do you ever, yeah, like, I mean, God, I was in the paper for 40 years. And I remember people saying, like, when Daily News Live ended, and Eddie Barkwood said, hey, we had a longer run than MASH. Okay. You've been there, like you know, Kevin said, basically you, you were there at the start. You've, do you ever sit there? Or is it too soon yet just to reflect on what kind of a run you had? And it's not over, like you said, there's going to be, but the impact you had, and, and you were a staple in drive time for a long time. Not many people can say that. On two different states. You know, Mike, it's a good question. I, I mean, a lot of people have asked me. I, I, don't real, I never realized that, like, in doing the show every day, it's hard to look back and, and try to determine what kind of impact you're having because sure. you, you really don't know except, you know, the feedback that you get. So, the way I looked at it was I just tried to do the most entertaining, informative show that I could and, and be as honest as possible. And, and in doing that, you know, I, it got me into a, a lot of trouble. But I always thought, like, if I had to censor myself and, um, like, think before I said something, whether it was going to 
you know, hurt uh, uh, or criticize somebody, I, like, then what am I doing this job for? Because I think the job is really, you should be as honest as possible with the people here because they, they expect and appreciate your honest perspective. And I'm not like, I'm not working for a player who I'm going to criticize, or I'm not working for a coach that I'm going to criticize or whatever criticism I'm going to lay out there. I'm working for the people that are listening and they deserve to hear my honest opinion. So that's the way I always looked at it without like looking at like what kind of impact I have. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm doing four hours where I'm talking sports. So I'm not, I'm not curing brain cancer or anything like that. So I've always kept that perspective. Mike, one of the things I always appreciated was whether I agreed with you or not, was that you would talk about things that weren't easy to talk about, like race sometimes or things. And I thought that was refreshing that we could, you know, it didn't have to be sports 24 seven, but did you feel that way that sometimes there was just some things that maybe deserved to be talked about? Yeah. I I felt it was my responsibility to do it really Mm -hmm. uh, because there, there are some issues that intertwine with sports that are social oriented. And then there are just some social issues that are just more important than, you know, whether the Eagles are going to sign a backup cornerback, you know? So uh, I, I felt I would be dishonest if I didn't address it. And because uh, it's part of life. And my show was all about part of life. Like every day people are living the same lives. And so they, they cross paths with different issues that impact their lives, whether they're sports or not. And, um, you know, listen, I, there are a lot, you rub people the wrong way when you do that. But like, I always thought if I would be honest and speak what I thought was, was truth to power that, that I couldn't lose within myself. So that's, that's the way uh, I try to do. I mean, this country has gone, uh, you know, flip de do. Over, over the last several years and, and to ignore the issues that have popped up and the, and the everyday angst is just like, that's burying my head in the sand. And I'm, I'm not the type of person that could do that. Is there well, for one, before Kevin answers that, I, I appreciate it. Cause when I tuned in I, and I didn't always agree with you, I did agree with you a lot too, but I, I appreciate it. So if that's one vote, that's one vote. Yeah. I mean, listen, a conversation, the whole thing about, like solving these kind of issues is just have conversation about them. Yep. And if you don't have any conversation about them, then they just, they just go on and on parallel paths and you never meet. Yeah. So uh, like if I, I felt if I could stimulate discussion on that, and I'd get, if I could get people to think more about the issues, that in itself was the, was an accomplishment. Like I, I, I wasn't trying to win a case in court. I was just trying to present, a way of thinking about the other side. And that probably has a lot to do with my lawyer training and maybe it got obnoxious to people, but I, I see, I thought like sports radio or ra- talk radio in general is all about conversation and getting different in- viewpoints to be enlightened. That's yeah. the way I thought it was, uh, why I did that. Yeah. You mentioned about how the business is changing and you, you know, we joke about the fact that we all started covering high schools. Um, you know, and I'm not saying this to point out any per- person in particular, but it has changed. And I think the mo- the also the tone in sports talk radio has changed. I, you know, when you and Angelo and, yes, I'll say Howard, came up, there was a lot more of an adversarial, not adversarial, but tell it like it is mm-hmm. mentality. I almost think it's become more fan-driven, almost sounding like a fan. Do you buy that at all? Absolutely. And... Uh- I think a lot of it has to do with there's so many people now that are involved in covering sports. I mean, you look at the Eagles alone, 
Mm-hmm. And how many people cover the Eagles? I mean, it's an astronomical number of people yeah. who cover the Eagles. And it's just like, you know, you can actually just come out of college, start some kind of blog, some kind of website or podcast or whatever, and become uh, accredited if they accredit you. And so uh, with that kind of competition, it's like now the teams have control of you and they can pick and choose. So if you are not towing a certain line, you're going to get shut out of access. And I think people this today are scared to death of that. And that's why it's become more fan driven. But it's also because it's a younger generation. Like we started out differently. Like we started out as journalists who, you know, news, when you come up in newspapers, you have a completely different mindset of how to get a story. And, uh, and you craft uh, your, your interviewing skills and you know what the story is and you try to get to it and you work hard to get to it. Um, the kids that come out don't have that kind of experience. I mean, think about what we used to do. I mean, we're schlepping the sidelines on a Friday night covering a high school game or, or like a, in the afternoon at a in field the, hockey in game. In the pouring I mean, rain. Nobody, yeah. nobody starts that way. And, and if, you, if you told kids they had to start that way, they're out. They're not staying in the profession. We hung in the profession thinking that, it was going to lead to bigger things, but because we kind of enjoyed it, we enjoyed the craft of it. Is there one story that's happened since you left the air that you wish you were on to talk about? Um, I don't know. What has happened lately? <laughs> I'm kind of plugged out uh, of, well, of what has happened. All right. Well, let me. Yeah, what's, what's the right, biggest then I'm story? Gonna, then I'm going to transition uh, right, on ahead. this. The Sixers Arena thing, which you and I talked about on Twitter last week, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay pending further research. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this touches on a lot of issues. This t- touches on city redesign in a way, uh, changing the thinking of the city, uh, impact of residents in Chinatown, all that kind of. Want to get your thoughts on that here? I was for the Phillies when they did it. In fact, that was one of the big major fights that uh, I had on the air with my my co host at the time, who whose name you mentioned a little earlier. And I could tell that story because it's a funny story. But I I like the idea of progress, and I think uh, uh, um, some kind of a a, a, a city plan that makes the city viable is a really good thing. Like, I like the idea that that place could be Philly's Madison Square Garden. Uh, I like the difference of it. I, I like the revitalization of the city. So I'm in favor of it. I was in favor of it when the Phillies wanted to do it. Now, that I get the, the, the Chinatown backlash, and I, and I don't think this issue, obviously, they're, they're, they're coming along to it, I think. And so times have changed in that many years. I always looked at that and go, you know, foot traffic generates business. So I didn't know what their, uh, what their beef was the first time. And uh, I think it's good for business for, for Chinatown. Now, I, I understand that their neighborhood uh, might be impacted, but, you know, it's not like it's uh, going to be a, a constant everyday thing. I mean, the baseball season or uh, the basketball season is, is going to be 40 dates. So uh, I think it's a great thing. I, I'm, I'm for, I, I was against putting everything in one little cluster down there. I think it's boring. I don't think it distinguishes Philadelphia from, from anything. And I think this would. So, and I like the idea. And I'll give you the, 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 the main talking point, at least coming out of the Chinatown association uh, has been, they're worried about the property values going sky high in taxes and basically pricing them out. The gentrification issue, which is understandable because there are a lot of people who do live in that area. 
Yeah, I, I know. Listen, I'm not uh, insensitive to that. I, I just think there's also benefits uh, to to that that they're not seeing. Um, so, I, I, listen, any kind of city uh, revitalization, I, I like, and that area has been just a nothing for a long period of time and it's market street. And I think it'd be great. I think the asset access would be great. I think it'll pay a lot of attention. I think Sixers people are stupid. I think they will, they will cross all their T's and dot their I's. I think that they will address the parking uh, situation that, that people have a problem with, but otherwise, you know, getting there via train or that kind of public transportation, I, I think it's a good thing. I, it's, it's, it's so annoying and boring to drive down to South Philly and pay $25 for parking. And have to walk to the stadium, and uh, you know, I'm with something different. I'm about progress, Kevin. I I know you are. <laughs> the, the, do you think it actually gets done? But it's so far away. I don't know if I'll be alive. Well, to, 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 see, to see whether it's going to get done. But um, you you're also smart enough that you know the way the city operates, and you know. Look, I mean, it's uh, well, it's going it's going to be a major issue now in next year's mayor's race. I mean, I, I get it, but I, you know, the Sixers have dug in on this. They just don't want to be at that place anymore. And uh, so the alternative is, okay, you don't want this, we'll go to Jersey, and that doesn't help the city either. So I, I think that they had they're, they're coming from a good platform to get this done. I think you know, down the road, we're we're talking about people having time to process this, uh, and I think I think that they're going to really work hard to get this done, uh, knowing the Sixers people. Michael? Yeah. One one story, Mike, obviously I guess you would have been talking about this week that I think is just completely taken on too much of a life of his own. Is this Jim Salisbury, uh, Castellano? <laughs> I, I mean, really. I mean, you forgot that, you forgot the side days. issue. You forgot the side issue of Gelb versus Apodi. So go ahead. Well, I, I missed that one. Okay, so you're gonna have to fill me in. I've okay. heard them mention it, but I don't know the particulars. But this whole thing, I mean, it was like a day and a half or two days. And you got to take sides. You got to, like, I'm, I'm for Salisbury. I'm for, I mean, what's your take on, on uh, Kevin and I have gone back and forth a little <laughs> bit on Twitter, Twitter about this. Uh, um, you know, I, when I saw it, 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 it I, you see, I have a, a, a natural resentment to players like Castellano who are, who are just waiting to be a red ass. And I've seen it, uh, like, three, for, like, 100 years of players like that. Burl was like that, Kevin, yep. as you know. Uh, you know, there's, there's certain Pop. guys that just love they, they yeah. use it as sport to, to mess with a reporter. Sure. So I can see like, you know, a guy Kevin covers the Phillies. I could see where your loyalties were. Like you 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 rallied around Salisbury. And, and I kind of like that because you guys are kind of a fraternity. Um I I understand the video is edited. If I just take the video the way it is, the way he said, Did you hear the booze? Uh I know what he was trying to get to. I, I thought that the question could have been phrased a little better, such as uh, what is your reaction to the crowd apparently turning on you a little bit? And uh, maybe that would have elicited uh, a different response or, or maybe wouldn't have. But I think that people look at it and they go, they're naturally inclined to side with the ball player, first of all. We know this. Like being in the media all these years, the media is the hated entity, the ball player is the popular entity. So you're up against that right away. Uh, but if you ask the, uh, a question that doesn't that doesn't say, well, did you hear the booze? Because people get that and they go, oh, what kind of a question is that? And they don't really understand the perspective. So I, I like Jim a lot. I think he's a tr- total professional. I thought maybe the question could have been worded a little differently in light of the fact that uh, Castellanos is a, a noted red ass. Well, and, and I'll, I'll go 
down this road because I think the question was, uh, and you and I have described, I think it's a plank question. It's obviously getting to, is it forcing you to press? Is it, are, are, you know, what do you say to those people? Um, that kind of thing. Now, could it have been worded differently? Yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong. I mean, the tone of conversations in a locker room, and you know this, when you're a beat guy at the end of a night can, is a little different than it is in a formal press conference setting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, I think Jim's question was totally legit. I thought Castellanos looked like a, a, a I thought his reaction of, oh, you know, I'm dead. You know, okay, fine. I mean, it was a, it could have been a layup. It should have been a layup for the player. player. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. And I'm as frustrated as everybody else. And so that to me is where it should have went. And, 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 and he could have diffused it. But you're right. There are certain players that are going to, be. Yeah, and believe me, I, I don't mind him going back at Castellanos. I love that part of it. There's not enough of that that goes on where a reporter, like a guy tries to humiliate you, you go, you go right back at him. Yeah, Charlie. I was, in that, I was in that 93 clubhouse. That happened every day with yeah. those guys, bullying reporters and trying to humiliate them. I heard Crux say the other day, he was in San Diego, threw a bat at a reporter. As if that, <laughs> that, that like, that's that's a funny thing. Like, you know, I, I, I hate that kind of abuse. Uh, I just thought in that particular situation, you're giving fans a chance to react to that. Oh, okay, who the hell's that reporter to say, did you hear the booze? Of course you heard the booze. That was a stupid question. So in order to avoid that and sustain your credibility, ask the same question, but ask it in a different form than that. That's all I Now, the, the, the second part of it is the Apodi Gelb thing. And look, I think Matt was wrong for calling. Wait a minute. You got you to explain this to me. What happened? All right. So Matt Gelb, was, Gelb took shots at the podium for posting the video. For posting the video, which he oh. said was edited and it all that. Okay. Look, Matt, I think, should have not called her out and called her a disgrace on Twitter. There's a, there's Ooh. ways of doing this <laughs> yeah, on, on background <laughs> when you're in this business. That's hard. That sounds harsh. And then he pulled this card though. Well, you're not down here at the ballpark and we well, listen, she doesn't have to be at the ballpark like he does. He covers the team, but that doesn't mean that she can't have any kind of perspective on it. And that's the thing. I, and I know, like, baseball writers are fraternity, and they love Salisbury. Oh, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Why? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take issue with this, okay? I Look, I like Jim personally. I will tell you if a reporter is wrong. Like, maybe I will tell that reporter if I think the reporter is mm-hmm. wrong. Okay, now. Yeah, but there is seven. There is truth, though. To what Mike says, yeah, he's not. There is a fraternity. Oh, there. I, I mean, I mean, you and travel. I, oh, and, and, listen, yeah. Gail, the, Gail's motivation was absolutely. Def- he took personal offense that somebody was uh, uh, criticizing his one of his mentors. And there is a yeah. question about. There's two questions involved. Did the editing cause the 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 scuffle to be sensationalized? That's up for debate. the The other question is: Was that technically off the record? That second part where Jim goes back at him and Castellanos goes back at him. Because, Mike, you've been in all both of us have been in locker rooms where that happens all the time. Oh, yeah, I don't think that's off the record at all. I think that's just that's part of the whole conversation. I don't think that's well, off the record. When, that, when, that, that's just a conversation that follows the initial, you know, argument. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying there's a, there's a question to be had whether it was believed it was off the record. So oh, how can it be off the record? Reporters are, are circled around them asking questions. Like, why be, is that off the record? Because because of the fact that everybody said thanks, we're done, 
And then Castellanos went to Jim and basically was trying to have the conversation with Jim. They were unaware that there was another camera rolling. Well, I don't know. I, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a fine line. I, I, I think that it, from what I saw just in the process of the whole conversation and questioning him that ha- that flowed from it. So I don't think that kind of right. thing is on the record. But uh, and look, it, it, this boils down to the bigger fact. I think Castellanos is killing this team right now. I mean, he is. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. This would have been a, a sports talk conversation. We would have had all kinds of opinions on one side or the other. Right. And, and I think that more people would have been on the side of Castellanos, even though he is not playing well right now. I think there's this just j- natural dislike of the media, which is really disrespect. I've always found that disrespectful because it's funny because the media brings people the information they otherwise would not get. It's also their job to put themselves in peril to get that information and they're not respected for it. And it's always rankled me. Oh, and see, Mike, I think that sometimes goes back to what you were talking about, though, that think of the media 20 years ago. There wasn't a lot of and you had a job now. It's every 23-year-old kid with a computer, and I'm not knocking those people. I, I don't mean it that way, but everybody has a voice, and they think of those people the same way they think of you or me or Kevin. You know what I'm saying? See, I think yeah. that, I think this is also because of the political atmosphere we live in. I think oh, yes. it has become more. It is. It's like it's the, it's like the crossing broad mode of journalism now. Yeah, in a lot of ways where. Anybody uh, can can seize on something. They're not really intimately involved. They're, they're on the outskirts making an right. observation, and uh, they're they're reporting it like they are inside. Yeah, I agree. And you're like, can't you? Like, I don't want to be an old fuddy duddy. Get off my lawn, type of thing. I, so I we grew you. up in a different era. And people say, well, why do you do sports talk radio the way you do? And I go, because that's what I learned, like what how to do the craft. And, and, you know, maybe I, if I didn't slap a sideline on Friday night, I wouldn't be, you know, have that kind of frame of reference. But that's where you learn to interview people. Like, yeah. I always took pride in my interviews to ask the direct question. And I always thought if I was fair with the questions, then I'm good. You know, I can, I can live with myself. And if they answer it a certain way, like I had Daryl Morey on. I mean, Daryl Morey, I was asking him questions like that, that I thought needed to be answered. And it turned out where he, he, he said some significant things. And at the end, he respected me for it. So, you know, it's funny. I was actually going to bring Daryl Morey up next. Uh, <laughs> since you've been gone, James Harden's come back. They signed P.J. Tucker. They've turned into the Houston Rockets Northeast. Um, <laughs> James is a humanitarian. Oh, he, yeah. He, it's amazing. How many humanitarians get more money guaranteed than they would have if they had just taken the option? But that's a whole different story. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I get that whole part. I would have had that kind of a view on it as well. Uh, <laughs> Stop it on the radio. But, uh, you know, where are they now? Listen, uh, whether I, I don't care what he's getting. He, he's, he's the guy that's getting the whole the whole thing turns on. So, like, regardless of the contract, he comes back as James Harden. They're going to be okay. If he doesn't, they're not. I don't care that they added. P.J. Tucker's 100 years old. Like, I, how many more games do you think you're going to get out of him? Um, it's a legitimate question. They have, I think, tried to address some things. Are, are they strong enough right now? No. They're not strong enough unless Harden becomes a semblance of what he used to be. It's really simple as that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and And – I don't know if that's going to happen. I think it's pretty certain that the, the 
the candles almost burned out. You know, I mean, you know, it's funny because certain athletes are capable of awakenings. Is he? I don't know. I don't think I, I, so. I don't know if he's capable of that kind of an awakening where he has to reinvent himself both physically and mentally as far as his mindset on, on how, how to play the game and what they need him to do. Um, and that takes a, an awful lot of dedication. And I don't know if he's got that. He may. Like I say, I'm, I'm going to be observing it. He may have it. I can't discount it. He could be a fellow. Yeah, I still don't understand how a team can play and an individual can play like that in game three and four and then play like that in game five and six. It, it just. It's incomprehensible, really. It he is. Flat out uh, wasn't engaged and didn't seem to be bothered by it. Like, you know, there are guys that you can tell are bothered by their performance level. He's oblivious to it. Yep. And that's why I say it's really hard to say that he's going to make some kind of a miraculous transition. He, he's like kind of involved in his wine line now, you know, I'm going, okay, well, this is going to take a complete dedication. The first thing you hear of him, he's, he's posing for some wine line, uh, brand. You know, you could have been a business partner. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking that. <laughs> you could have. You no, know, he didn't call me. Jimmy didn't call me. <laughs> that would, that would have been some partnership. Oh man. That would have been awesome. Hey, uh, Mike, what do you, like, what do you think? You know, obviously, the Eagles are the next big story. I mean, the Phillies are going to be the Phillies. They're going to be in the playoff race till the end and either make it or not make it. A lot of people are, you know, I think the Eagles got – they won nine games last year. I think they went out and got A.J. Brown. They got Hassan Reddy. They got they, they got to be at least one game better, I think, but that's me. But how good do you think – because I still think they're good, but I don't think they're good enough. But what do you think of the Eagles at this point without having seen them. I think they're, they're improved, and I got them winning 10 games. So um, okay. 10 games uh, gets them in the playoffs. I don't think there's – I think Dallas wins the division. But I think they're a viable team. I, I think they've done a good job filling some defensive holes. Now, this is a matter of whether that defensive coordinator can y- utilize those guys the right way. I'm not re- I'm not really sure about him. Well, I haven't seen enough of John McGannon's ability – to adjust, but at least they addressed some some things, especially in the linebacker area. Uh, their defensive line, you know, the middle of it is is still a little shaky to me. I don't know what you're going to get out of Fletcher Cox. So uh, overall, this it, is like the hard factor. It all comes down to Hurts. Can he make a third down throw that gets your first down by st- hanging in there? Uh, I, I like the way he he's been able to to do some things to get them first downs that demoralize the other team when he runs for a first down. I think that demoralizes defenses, but I, I, I think he's really got to be more of a, a consistent passer. You know, that's not like rocket science that I'm saying that, but I, he should be able to with uh, adding AJ Brown. I think that that rounds it out a little bit where he should be able to, to be more of a pass first guy. than let me get out of here. Yeah, and with their early schedule, you'll know quick, like whether yeah. they're a 10, 11 mm-hmm. win team or if they're back. Well, to see, seven. see, that's the thing, Kevin. No, I think with the early season schedule, they can win just and not play well. Like, you might not see Jalen Hurts. Like, this, the, the Jalen Hurts that Sirianni's going to want the way he wanted to play last year, year. He might not be that good, and they may still win games. You know, to me, you're not going to know about Jalen until they get the nutcracking time. And they're yeah. in a game where he's got to throw the ball to win the game. Well, and that's the but that's the danger. The danger is that that early oh, season success can puff up a, a a false image of him, 
Um, I agree. And, and they're kind of a mystery team right now. Yeah, they Although, are. Uh, like ten wins, I think is very viable when I look at the schedule. I look at their their ability. So uh, you know, the over on their Vegas is what nine and a half. Yeah, nine and a half. Yeah, I think I go ten. It's right yeah. there. I'm not sure I yeah. go eleven. <laughs> But that's yeah, no, I don't know if I go eleven. If they win only nine, that would be disappointing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Mike Missanelli, who will be on the Jacob Media post game show every week after the Eagles game on uh, Jacob Media's YouTube channel and six abc.com, who will be a colleague of Jamie Apodi in a way, Jamie Apodi and Deuces Rogers. So that's why I didn't get too and he'll far be around. Making great wine somewhere. That's right. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I don't know how to dress on these streaming outlets. If I was on TV, you know, there's a certain decorum. How do you dress on a streaming show? I I would imagine it's a little more casual, probably. Yeah. Probably you may like get away with a sweater or a you know like a. Uh-huh. I think the tie is out. That's me. Yeah. It's, it's just, you get Seth there. Seth, Seth yeah. dazzles it every now and then, you know. So I, I don't know how to match that. I do. All right, I'll ask you the final question. What is the biggest retirement of this year? The biggest retirement issue for me? No, no. The biggest what? retirement of this year between you and Cantaldi, like <laughs> Gardner. Oh, you, can't ask, you can't ask the guy to analyze himself. Was it? Angelo is way bigger than me. He started out. He started this whole run of newspaper people going to radio. He was yeah. the, he was the uh, originator of it. When he yeah. did it and left the Enquirer staff, I mean, we were all like, our eyes popped out of our head. Like, we couldn't believe it. It was such a fresh new entity. We go, man, it's really risky. And the Enquirer is this like this uh, this beacon of of respect and journalism. <laughs> and he just launched it, and we all took took notes and hmm. And you know, they eventually they got a lot of us. Do you do you view this post game show as competition for NBC Sports Philadelphia? I don't know. I you would probably view that better than I would. I don't, I'm I'm going into this. Oh, like, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going into this trying to do the best show I can. And, again, it's a mystery to me. So, like, I don't know. Uh, everybody says, wow, streaming's the way to go, streaming's the way to go. I, you know, I'm from a, a generation where I turn on my TV. I, I hope that people choose because now with smart TVs, you can pop up on the Internet and watch the show. So right. it's not as difficult as, like, having to set up a laptop and, and, and do this and, and do that. Um you know they, they suffered they suffered some losses on that show. Yes, they so did. So maybe people will be intrigued to say, "Well, you know, this show looks like it's going to be pretty good. Let's try it. Once you try it, I think you're going to like it." Okay, Mike, I appreciate it, man. Uh, always great to talk to you. Hope hope we All can right, catch guys, up again soon. Best of luck to you guys. Good to see. Hey, you. Take care of the leg, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm going to actually try to play 18 holes tomorrow, Mike. Where at? At White Marsh. That's a, that's a tough course, man. To, to, yeah, to that's where playing. I that's that's where I play out of. So okay, uh, just walk oh, gingerly. Yeah, you uh, you don't you don't invite Kern to White Marsh, do you? Um, it, 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 sure, I'll invite him out there. He's Mike Kern's a good player. I used to be. I'm, I'm, I'm okay <laughs> now. I, I used to be better. Yeah, get him out there. I've been trying to get Barkley out there for the longest time. Uh, uh, he's he's busy with the LIV tour. <laughs> I know he's he's also ducking me. Uh, maybe he doesn't. He doesn't he, want to he, give you his cash. pride. His pride is that he'll <laughs> give he'll give strokes when he shouldn't. Ooh, and, ooh. and believe me, I'll take him. I want to get some of that that TNT money. <laughs> or you, would you take some of the live money? 
I think any money he's got, he's got a lot of it. <laughs> That's true. Mike Missanoi, thank you. Back on work in the good right after this. All right, guys. Good seeing you. Take care. Our thanks to Mike Missanelli for joining us. Always entertaining. You know, can I make an observation? Go ahead. You're Mike going to. Seemed, no, no, but Mike seemed, Mike can be a complicated individual. I, I've known him for a long time in different, he seemed kind of not happy. That's not the right word. Content. But he seemed like he was kind of upbeat. Yeah. And and that was refreshing to me because I, I didn't want to see him. And I guess because he's got the new gig and he's the thing with the wine and whatever he's got, you know, and the lawyer, you know, life isn't over. Um, and that's good. That's good. And look, you know, I don't think it's a secret for us to say this. Um, you know, there's a lot of us who have had to adjust the second acts. And I think Mike's doing yep. that and he's content with it. And, yeah. um, you know, I did find it interesting. I, I, look, I know some people disagree with Mike and, and you, you brought on it because of the political issues or whatever they you know, he's had obviously, you know, some incidents in the past that have rubbed people the wrong way, um, which is part of the job, by the way. That's not, you know, you're not going to be a saint and be in this business. Um, but but I did find I did find it interesting. I do think he deserved more respect on the way out the door from 97. Yeah, that's a, that's it. And I don't know the people over at that station, right. so I can't. And I love I that. love Tyrone. Yeah. You guys sure. know, I think everybody knows how I feel about Tyrone. I think Tyrone will yeah. do a good job. I like Ricky. Uh, yeah. Patalco is going to take over. I don't know Hunter Brody. Um, but it, it, it's one of those, I, I wish them well. I, I actually, you know, kind of, you know, when you're in the car a lot, you, you hit between the two stations. Sure. Um, I like most of the people at both stations. Uh, but Mike's Mike's impact on the industry, he deserved more than... Hi, today is your last day. Yeah, that's my. Yeah, opinion. I agree. No, I I was listening that day. Yeah, I remember. I was like floored because, you know, first I mean I didn't know about his contract situation or any of that, and I know that Mike. Yeah, I mean I know he was. Pro- there was a time where he was going to be close to the end or whatever. I mean, it may be for other people right. in our business at some point. Like Mike said, you know, cost cutting, whatever. But yeah, he. I mean, yeah, he he, he deserved. Um, he deserved at least like maybe a month where people could yeah. say thanks and, and, and you know, you don't have that nat you don't have like a clean break, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, like I don't know what the station was thinking, maybe or maybe Mike was just thinking it was better to make a clean I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know all the ins and outs of, of you know, I'm sure Jim Gardner's gonna have a, a send off that probably Jim Gardner doesn't want, you know, knowing Jim Gardner, but Everybody, uh, Angelo's obviously going to have a send off. Um, Ray had a send off. Sometimes send offs are good, Kevin, and sometimes I think they're too much. Okay. I really do. Like, I think you know, you give a you know this Angelo thing's getting a little well, not well, weird. well. I no, I, I, look, the Phillies it's going to go on, th- but it's going to go on for six months, and and. At some we, point, and I'm I'm, I'm going to stop you here only because we are scheduled to have Angelo on next week. Oh no no no! I don't mean in a bit. No, no, Angelo deserves it. What I'm just saying is, they've been talking about it now since we are like whenever. On. And I understand that, but it's, I'm just saying you get and you get almost get to a point like, what more can you do? You know, to like in Jim Gardner's case, I mean, 
I don't know what ABC is going to do or when his last day is coming up. Or, but, like, how much can you do? Do you do a week's worth of, of superlatives? Do you do a, I don't know. And at some point, Jim probably sits there and goes, whoa, <laughs> you know, please. It's, it's, it's all good. Um, and I'm sure Angelo at some point might feel like that way. He might just be, oh, my, you know, and, and maybe there's a part of Angelo that doesn't want to leave, although it's his choice, I guess, right? Right. You know, and, and well, God bless him. He, like Mike said, he's the one who started this. So he should, he should be entitled to anything, you know, he wants and gets. But I just think at some point you get, what more can we say? What more can we do? But in Mike's case, there was nothing. <laughs> I, I would I would hate to be the person stepping in Angelo's shoes. And I know who's I'd hate to rumor. be the guy that's stepping in Mike's shoes. Well, that takes three of them. I, I get it. And and like you said, I like I and I think they'll do fine. They'll they'll carve their own niche, but it won't be Mike. And Mike did it for And they're what, like better 15? and there better be if you're doing drive time in this town, okay, you better be interesting. Okay, but you better not make it all about yourself. And that, you know, look, Angelo's best trait is his interviews. Uh, I thought Mike's great. He's a great interviewer. I thought Mike's best trait was a combination of his interview skills were very good, which is polished by his old newspaper gig. Let's be honest. And I think the other part of it is the uh, the fact that he was willing to go outside the comfort zone. Um, and make you think, as you mentioned earlier, on different things. And I didn't always agree with Mike. I, you know, I, I'll be yeah. honest. I'm probably fifty fifty on some of the stuff that Mike has brought up yeah. over the years. But that's okay, right? Um, you know, but you know, this is what the the business is. Let me get to some other aspects on this. Uh, by the way, I want to. I don't want to clarify something I said, but I was talking about that off the record kind of thing. With the Apodi Gelb kind of conversation, Jamie's in the studio at night as the anchor. Okay, so no anchor is going to be down at a post game press conference right. setting. Right, they rely on their camera person to feedback video. So I'm not bamathing the camera person, but if the camera person doesn't have an idea on what the off the record kind of mode is, it's easy to see where the confusion lied. Well, let me ask you a question, Kevin, because we've been around enough of these. Mm -hmm. Um, Is the camera person supposed to stop filming when the PR guy says, okay, that's it, but the guys are still talking? I I don't know what the protocol is. If Uh, I'm the camera person and I'm supposed to be doing my job, would would his bosses get mad at him if he stopped filming? When Castiano says, are we good, and everybody kind of packs the recorders up and everything. Uh Uh-huh. The belief I always had was that is the end of the conversation. Okay. okay. Now, fair. now, is it said it's off the record? No. But it depends on the relationship that the player and the right. reporter or reporters around him I got have. You. Now, if he, take, if, you- if he takes a swing at Jim Salisbury, then it's not off the record. You know, that's right, an incident. What I'm saying is if he turns his camera off and he takes a swing at Jim Salisbury, and he doesn't get that because his camera was off. Is he going to get in trouble? Like, like you're saying, right. well, and that's and it's a, it's a fine the, line. It's easy to see where the blur, where it gets Kevin, blurred. The people that he's working for, his sure. bosses. If those bosses want him to keep that camera running, then he's got to keep the camera running. Right. And I don't know if that was the case or not. I have no idea. It could have just been I, a mistake. I just think this whole thing. 
And I understand it's because the Phillies gave this guy a lot of money. And like Mike said, he, maybe he's got a case of the red ass. And, and there's guys like that. But again, if this was some guy making $2 million a year, we wouldn't. But again, I just think this whole town for two days, and they're still talking about it. And, I'm, and then they had polls up on almost every show. And maybe this is a fall to talk radio. Who do you side with? Who cares? Like, so if, if the morning show or the afternoon show or the midday show wants to do a poll, who cares if Joe, Jim from Maniunk sides with Jim Salisbury or sides with the player? Is this what we've become in this day and age? Because to me, that's sad. And I understand it's a story. Nick Castellanos called a reporter's question, dumb, and then Jim came back. Okay, I get it. It happens. But my God, is that really what we want to be talking about for three days? Right, and that's I'm fair, re- and that's why I'm yeah. I'm moving on from it. That's I've fine. said Let's I've go. said my piece, and there are people who think I'm sure. doing it at a blind loyalty, Jim, and maybe subconsciously I am, maybe because I know Jim, and I well, you do you know Jim, and, and I also you know, know that, and I don't right. I did not find the question out of bounds. Yeah. That's all, and you know Jamie. I mean, you know all these uh, people, yeah. so and I like all of them, and I like right. all I don't know. I don't know Castellanos. I, I you know, I, I do know Jim, um, not as well as you do, but I, I know him well enough. But again, I, I, I think in retrospect, and maybe the question could have been phrased a little differently. Instead of saying, you know, maybe saying like like Mike kind of said, you know, when you hear that, you know, how do you respond to that? I, I, I don't know, but and 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 Castellanos has the right to call it a dumb question, you know, and and. But maybe the way he did it. Well, again, I, I found the part that was most insulting was going to the rest of the people in there and you tell them why it's a dumb question. Yeah, that, that's I, a meathead response. I'm sorry. I, yeah, but again, you know. I'm, and that whatever. only inflames yeah. the situation. But all right. Yeah. Let, let, me, let, me get, let me get to the other topic. Sure. Um, I haven't talked to you about this, um, but 10th and Market. I mean, it's near where the old, uh, it's near where the Inquirer currently is. Oh, uh-huh. it's right when when they it's two blocks they, down. We were still working there. I was when the the uh, gallery, I believe it was called. Yeah, they, they kind of got rid of that because it was becoming. Um, the kids would congregate there at two and three in the afternoon. They had to have extra police down there, whatever. And then they said they're going to make it into a fashion, whatever. The fashion said, district. No, right. I said nobody's coming down to Tenth and Market to shop. Uh, they, they forget about it. People aren't coming from from King of Prussia or wherever. But okay, so I was right about something, but big deal. My my feeling is this: first of all, it's eleven years away. Okay, I'll be seventy nine, nine. nine whatever. I'll be seventy three. I don't go to games, so you're talking about the wrong person. I'm not the person they should be talking to. The only good thing about there that I can and I see, I'm not one of these people that's averse to everything being in South Philly. And I agree with Mike about something different is always good. I've always felt that South Philly, unless you live in South Philly and maybe it's a burden on you, it works for me. It's easy to get to. Uh, you can take the subway. You can drive there, whatever. Um, I just think anytime you're trying to do something, think about what it's going to be like when they're building this, if they indeed build it for like three years. You're not going to be one any, anywhere near 10th and Market. I don't know what it does to Chinatown or what it doesn't. I thought the good thing was down by the river. I but then that well, that the, and the, and the Navy Yard has been mentioned as right. a possible other site uh, right. because the Sixers put it out. The Sixers did a thing the week before this came out 
with their season ticket holders that got some publicity, you were on vacation, where it gave three sites. One was the gallery, one was the Navy Yard, and one was Camden. And Which one? <clears throat> what? No, no. Ask the option of their season ticket holders. Yeah, what did what what did the season ticket holders? I don't know for? that. No, no. Oh, the survey okay. had just gone out before. Oh, okay, okay. I don't like Camden. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just say that flat out. Although that may financially be better. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they. I mean, both teams built their practice facilities over in Jersey, so you know they've already dipped their toe. I guess. I, um. But to me personally, Kevin, because I don't go to games. Now, in, the, in, ele- in nine years, will I take my grandson to a game if he wants? Sure. But, like, I'm not going to 20 games a year, so I don't really care where they play. That's not a thing for me. And so, but obviously, I don't want to play in a building where the Flyers or the people who own the Flyers were their tenants. And I understand that. I, you know, I, I can understand their feeling that way. I understand it, and that'll get to another point I want to bring up about this later. Look, I think a lot of people look at this and, oh, my God, you know, it's not as inconvenient as you believe. Um, will there have to be changes? Absolutely. Uh, to the way people approach if it does end up at, at that spot. Um, but as if you're going to put it in the center city area, it's as convenient a place as there could be. Yeah, Paco that goes in there. The regional rails will be coming into the basement. You're three blocks away from the Broad Street line. Market Frankfurt goes under it. Um, but are the people that go to the games? Well, that's the question. Going to want to take part? This isn't Madison Square Garden. Forget anybody that mentioned. Just, just forget that. New people in New York have a whole different mentality than we have. They, they live there. They, they, they don't mind taking the trains in there because they don't want to park because it's a hundred dollars to park. Um. Which we'll it might be, be here, another. too. Exactly. And the other thing is, if you're going to build something in Center City, you better address crime. Okay? Well, that's the other part. Well, that, that's a big part. That's a huge because part. Because night on the news, crime, shooting. Crime, and if you've been in that area, and I was at Reading Terminal Market last week, okay? Right. You better address the homeless issue around it, too. There's and that kind of, of works, and that works hand in hand. And how close would this be to Reading Terminal? It's right next door. Two blocks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the impact if you keep, it could allow Reading Terminal to stay open later on game nights. Yeah, it could it could be a really appealing kind of thing. And, and the other thing is, we're only talking about forty dates now. You could be talking about playoff games. You could also be talking about maybe they steal the ice capades away from South Philly. I, I don't know well, this. And it could steal concerts. Yes, well, what I'm saying to you is, and I don't know what the world's going to be like nine years from now. I have no idea. I do know what the world is like now. Tell me who wants to go into Center City. Because uh, I know I know. I mean, if I have a choice in the matter, like when I worked there, I worked right there. So I went into Center City four or five days a week. See, I don't, and this is an older generation thing. I don't think it's as big a problem for younger people as you think. Look at the amount of, look, I'll give an example. Ray Didinger, okay? Ray moved into Rittenhouse. Yeah, but I think part of that was because he was also working at the station, and it was. I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, there are more people coming back to the city than you think, I, I guess, and, and it's become a different mindset towards the city. But I think living at Rittenhouse and going to Ninth and Market for a game are two different things. That's just me, 
And I think there are people who live in Villanova and people who live that's in fair. certain areas where, where that, that's not just their, that's not their thing. I live in Northeast Philly, Kevin. Like I said, I never go downtown anymore, ever, unless there's a, a I wouldn't sit there and say, hey, to my wife, hey, let's go. I mean, I might go to South Philly to eat. Uh, or I might go to the Italian market, or I might, but I, I'm not sitting there going, "Hey, let's go down now at Christmas time." We, me and my daughter went to the, the Christmas thing down there um, that they do. But other than that, honestly, God, I couldn't tell you the last time I was. I, I haven't been to the, uh, the the Reading Terminal probably more than once or twice since I left the paper. And I'll mention this: Look, this is the first salvo in Mayor's Race 2023 in this town. Uh, yeah. You know, Jim Kenny can say he loves it. Jim's not going to matter because Jim's no, not going to be here. Uh, no. And this isn't getting settled in a year uh, with a lame duck no. mayor uh, who has made himself a lame duck, but that's a whole different story. Well, uh, let me ask you a question, too. Before they, so they say they're going to finance it. There's all going to be private finance. That's a big but part. But obviously yeah. you and I know that. There'll be tax breaks. Ta- right. And, and I mean, so let me ask a question. If they build this there, if they mm-hmm. build it there. Yeah. Is it a good thing or a bad thing for the city financially? I think anytime you get a private built facility, it's a good thing because it does increase. Look, I know people will say, oh, it doesn't increase. Look, it does. Compared to what's there now, it's going to bring more people in. It's going to bring more people in than the the movie theater and gallery, too. Okay, but see, I remember when they were talking about the Philly Stadium at Spring Garden, about three blocks from Broad and Spring Garden. Broad, and I sat there. And people were like, "It's going to revitalize." I said, "Are you kidding me?" So you're telling me, and that ironically, ironically, that neighborhood revitalized itself even after. Right. But what I'm saying is, and that was for 80 games a year, not for 40. And I said to people, I said, "Okay, so for 80 times a year, people will come there. But what about the other, you know, 280 days or whatever it was?" And you're right. That neighborhood kind of has um, come around a little bit. And like I said, I don't get down there a lot. But again, it isn't going to affect me. So I'm the wrong person to ask. I would love to see it stay in Philadelphia as opposed to going somewhere else. Yeah, I'll be I, I'll be 58 when this happens. Right. Okay. Well, you'll be living. You'll be living in Florida by then, so it won't matter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, you might. You know. I, and again, and here's the other thing, Kevin. What if their team stinks at that point? Well, that's the other issue. And Silski brought And you're drawing 7,000 or 8,000 instead of the 20,000 they're drawing now. Silski brought that up last week in his column, and it's a fair point. I mean, it, it you know, you're not going to have Joel Embiid, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Tyrese Maxey is at the end of his career if he's still here. Oh, um, Christ, nine years? Yeah, you could be on your second Tyrese Maxey. Right. I mean, I mean... And if yeah. you're if you're a 30 win team trying to sell boxes, it's going to be difficult. I will say yeah. this, okay, and, and this is the other question I was going to bring up because I do have a theory, okay, and you're going to dismiss it, but I, I know you. You're going to does, but I'll start with this basic question: Can a town like this? It is rare for a city that has teams in the NBA and the NHL and play in different arenas. Play in different arenas, right? Can this town support two arenas? I have no idea. I don't know. Because, again, I don't go. Be, right, because you're, you're, but you're, you're not just splitting Sixers flyers. You're splitting right. concerts. You're splitting, yeah. There's only so many I concerts no, to go no, around. I don't think there's, a, there's an answer to that, Kevin, because I, 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 my, my initial response would be to say it's hard, 
because obviously you're, now maybe it's a good thing that you have two vet like you, you won't have conflicts with the Sixers and the Flyers when they're going to play. Although I don't think there's a whole lot of conflicts now, per se. I think it's more Spe- of a especially in the playoffs at this point. But go well, ahead. but I'm just saying, even any time. Yeah, I, I mean, know. we've lived I'm, through playoffs yeah. where both teams were in the playoffs going far, and actually it was a good thing I thought. But uh, again, I, I, the Sixers are looking at this from, from the perspective as they don't want to be second class citizens. They want to be right, and I understand that. Right. I, I I totally understand that. And I don't know what their financial situation is as opposed to to having their own building that's going to cost 1.3. And you know it ain't going to cost 1.3 because it's a union city. It's going to cost 1.8 by the time this is all done. It's like Temple's football stadium. You know, it was never going to cost what they say it's going to cost. Well, and, and Mike, I'll, I'll bring this up too. Our buddy Chris Freed, who reached out, he's in the business and everything. Chris mentioned that he doesn't see it happening because of the – this is almost the worst time if you're a builder to try to go get interest rate uh, loans and interest rates and all that. And you can't lock in stuff. And who knows if what inflation is going to be in four years. That's all different story. But again, five years from now, when this maybe starts getting constructed, maybe inflation will be, maybe maybe we'll be back to some degree of normalcy. I I don't have any of these answers. But again, if you're investing what I think will be close to closer to two billion by the time all is said and done. The bottom line to me is: is it worth it? Now you have to look 30, 40 years out. This this isn't about nine uh, two thousand thirty or two thousand thirty one or whatever year they're talking about. You know, if you're going to beat out, we're already seeing with the Wells Fargo, whatever the hell it's called now. First, Wells Fargo. You know, Wells, Wells Fargo. It's a twenty five year old building. That people were, that just had like a, a major renovation, right? Yeah. So these buildings don't even last. You know, used to be buildings. You think they last 40, 50 years? They, they, now the shelf life is like twenty years, because by two thousand fifty, we could be living in a whole new world. <laughs> you know, where where some of the stuff in this building could be obsolete. I mean, I don't see what's wrong with having them to both play in the same building, but I'm not the Sixers, so I get their their side of it well and their and and their point and obviously i get their side of it too i mean the eventual end game in this could be um you know look we 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 both have talked about the fact that we don't know what comcast future with the flyers is going to be right or wells fargo center could be josh harris sells the uh the devils buys the flyers decides to make this an arena project where he runs both who knows I mean, we don't it, know. it could happen. I even floated the idea of if they did get the, the arena downtown, that you could see basically Wells Fargo Center get leveled if the if the if he buys the Flyers, moves them downtown. Wells Fargo Center gets leveled, and by the time we get to this, by the time this is all done in twenty thirty one, guess what? It's going to be time to talk about another new stadium, perhaps for the football team next door. Yeah. I- See my take, and I understand that a a in a, in a a ballpark by the river would have been a nice idea, right? Okay, because Pittsburgh's got it, other cities have it. Citizens, I have no Citizens Bank have, Park is the only one I don't see going anywhere anytime soon. I have no problem with, with Citizens Bank Park, which is twenty years old, by the way, almost, which is yeah. amazing when you think about it. It's got the view of the skyline. 
It's see, I'm well maintained. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is a Northeast Philly person talking because I know there were at times talking about building it up here, like where Byberry was and all kind of things. And maybe I'd feel different. I think South Philly works. And for the last 40, 50 years, when you think of sports in Philadelphia, you think of South Philly. That's what people say. Hey, South Philly. And I think it works from, from a getting in, getting out, tailgating at an Eagles game, um, whatever, whatever you, you want to say. But again, I don't live in South Philly. So, so maybe, and I know maybe they're overburdened by all this. Um, any of those scenarios that you just laid out could, could we, we don't know, Kevin. It's 10 years from now. The whole world can change in 10 years. Um, so I don't know. I, I, but to, to, to me, the idea of going to 10th and market to watch a game does, is not appealing to me. But that's me. Because I'm probably not taking the train. I'm probably going to want to drive. That means I'm going to have to park. And, and again, do you worry about getting assaulted uh, by crime? You know, and you know something's going to happen. They can put as many police officers down there as they want and, and, and make it a safe place, just like being out in front of the Leacour Center after Temple Place. It's the safest place to be in the city. But, you know, you go a couple blocks maybe away. Who knows? I, all I know is that crime right oh. now is it is it like something I can't even fathom. And we also know, and I, I, this is where I – it is cyclical in a way. So sure. as we're talking about, we don't know what the world will be like in nine years. You don't know what that area is going to be but like in nine years. But if they build, let's say they build the arena, and God forbid somebody gets killed, somebody gets shot, or somebody gets assaulted, you know, what that headline, you know what that headline is going to be. But that can happen in South Philly too. But, you, but again, you, we can say that, and that's true, but if something happened outside of Le- Leah Coors Center after a Temple game, it wouldn't be, oh, that could happen anywhere. It would be, oh, my God, it happened on North Broad Street in front of the Leah Course Center. Oh, my God. You know how that plays out. It's just, it is what it is. Crime can happen in crime can happen in my neighborhood. Sure. Or your neighborhood. It does. It can happen anywhere. It does. Right. But those stories don't get played out. See, I, if, you know, I, no, no I, I get it. And, and, you know, if you look, there's, and it's coming off a, a stretch where you had the incident on the 4th of July downtown and. That kind of made the city look bad, whatever that was, where the two cops got grazed and shot, and there was the chaos running through the streets. I get with the murder rate, the way it's been, and all that, okay? But I also will point out, the next mayor of this city, okay, which will be chosen next year, and I think it's important to note, whoever wins this is going to play a big hand in it, and not just because, well, they're mayor, well, duh. But, like, you look at the candidates who are going to line up. Alan Dom is a very pro-business candidate who it's likely the Sixers could find a very willing partner to work with on a downtown business, a downtown arena, if Alan Dom is the person. Helen Jim, who is a very, um, who was actually part of the protest against the Philly Stadium at Giantown back in 2000 and who has been very anti-tax breaks and all that, it ain't going to happen if it's Ellen Jim, probably. And this, because this is the mayor who's going to be in for the next eight years. No mayor in this city ever gets knocked out at reelection. And the, let's be honest, it's the Democratic nominee because there hasn't been a Republican mayor in Philadelphia since 1951. Now, was it Bill Green a Republican? No. Okay. I thought there was a Republican in there somewhere. Nope. Okay. 1951 um, is the last one. Okay. I look, I can see the pros of a downtown arena. Or any new arena, 
if, if it were by, you know, if it were by the, the river somewhere, I understand that. I, I, and, I understand the pros. And, and, ev- the and every site has a negative, too. Let's be honest. Right. And it's going to happen because the Sixers, I think, have made it pretty clear that they don't want to be the tenants when right. their lease runs out. Okay. So it's going to happen. So is it going to happen in Center City? Is it going to happen in Jersey? Because they're forced to go to Jersey. Uh, you know, would Camden or somewhere over there welcome them with open arms? They might. They might give them some sweet deal. And then you can make the argument to me, what's the difference if you go to 10th and Market or somewhere in Camden? You know, other than the transportation. And I don't have a good answer. But again, you have to answer to me is, are most of the people that go to a Sixers game or, or, or the Ice Capades or a Billy Joel concert or whatever, are they more willing to take a train or do they want to drive? And I think in this town, this town is a driving town. It is. I don't think this town is a public transportation town. That's maybe I'm wrong. I could be totally wrong about this. I think New York Madison Square Garden is like a a a place where every train in the Eastern Seaboard stops, um, and people in New York are used to hopping on the C train or hopping on this train or hopping on whatever. On the seven or yeah, yeah. I just don't think Philly is like that. I could be totally wrong, and you better make sure that your season ticket holders. Or, will, or either that or they're going to drive and pay $100 and have, you know, traffic jams down, you know, all around there. Um, yeah. So again, and, and, and the question is, how many city residents who would be more inclined to take public transportation? Well, the question is, by that point in time, are six or resident or six or fans or six or ticket are, holders are, can afford a six or ticket? Right. I, I mean, let's, I don't let's, know. Is it easy for somebody from Haverford? or Lower Marion, or Warminster, or wherever, to get to 10th and Market? Yeah, it is. It is, because of regional What, as opposed to getting to South Philly? As opposed to getting, um, if you if you can make it appealing, where they pay three bucks to park. Now, SEPTA has to be cleared up, too. Well, they ain't paying three bucks to park, Kevin. No, no, if I you're paying see, three bucks to park at the station, and you hop yeah, on. What I'm saying to you, Kevin, is, I think more Sixers fans, especially nine years from now, are not going to be city residents, people that have season tickets, people right. that are going all the time. They're going to be suburban residents. They're going to come from South Jersey or they're going to come from suburbs. Those people, their lifestyles are that they drive a car. Right. They Everywhere. get in a car, they drive a car. They don't get on a bus. They don't get on a train. That's me. I don't think I'm wrong about that. So now you got to say to those people – Okay, we're playing at 10th and Market. How are you getting there? And I think a majority of those people will be, well, I'm going to drive. Okay, well, where are you going to drive? You're going to drive, you're going to park. I mean, if a game starts at 6.30, 7 o'clock, whatever, you're driving downtown Philadelphia? Really? Well, that's, you want to be doing that? You're going to have to have, yeah, you you're going to have, to have 7.30 starts because you can't have the exiting well, traffic from Center City. Well, and okay, the but we complain about that now. We complain about how late games get over. We complain. I'm just saying is, I don't think for their clientele, I could be wrong, that mm-hmm. 10th and Market is necessarily what's going to work best. That's just me. Uh, I think someplace where people are going to get in the car, drive their car, pay their $20 or $25, whatever it is that they pay to park, that's what I think. is. It's even like with, Eagle, with people in South Philly. Do some people take the subway? Absolutely. But the majority of people park. They come, they park. And then they get out, they get right on 95, or they get on 76, and they go home. 
well, that's how they do it. They, you know, and, and you so, know, look, the Navy Yard's the site I'm fascinated by, um, but I also know that has challenges. Uh, but that's still South Philly. I mean, right? It doesn't but, but change. The, but if you if you have it in the Navy Yard, okay, one you have to have more than one way in, one way out. Yeah. Okay? Two, okay. the subway doesn't run there. No, it doesn't. And you would have to extend it, and there's all sorts of environmental issues, I, all that. I have a funny feeling and, and I, that they're going to end up in Jersey. And maybe that's, and I, maybe that's the end game. Maybe the, maybe the conspiracy theories of they float this, no, the city will reject it, and they end up in Jersey. Well, everything maybe that's you're true. telling me about everything you're telling me about the politics of it just seems to point to the fact that it could be a hard sell. Well, nothing in the city. No, nothing, nothing in the city right. is ever easy. And if that happens, and you're the Sixers, what are you left with? You're I left. mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it's the Navy Yard. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the, the, the maybe that's plan the compromise. Big. Yeah, I. Yeah. But the more I think about it, I could almost see like, and and maybe somebody in Jersey, whether it's Camden or some other community over there, comes through with just some outrageously attractive uh, thing. You know, that they look at it and say, oh, my God. Can, can, I mean, look, we've seen other teams, many teams, more so in the past, not necessarily play in suburbs, right? I mean, they did it in Detroit. Then it, they well, did it in Cleveland. I, they did I, it. I'll in- give you an example before we say goodbye, okay? There's a fascinating case. I think people should follow this, actually, in Philly, because I think this will lead to the 10th of market situation uh, here. Uh, the Chicago Bears have played at Soldier Field forever, Okay. Uh, they have bought Arlington Park, the old racetrack, which is in suburban Chicago. And there's talk that they are going to redevelop it into a their own stadium with a dome and one of them megaplexes where you have the hotel, the casino, uh, you know, a mall, whatever, uh, restaurant, shops, all that. Kind of like it, what Atlanta's done at Truist Field. The city of Chicago yesterday comes out and says that they will rehab Soldier Field, which is right on the lake. You've been to Chicago plenty of times, right, Mike? Right. Right on the lake, but it's an older building. They would put a dome on it and build the waterfront there around it, but the Bears would still be a tenant as opposed to the owner. Bears don't seem interested in that. So this is kind of the same situation playing in Chicago that's now going to probably well, play in the situation Washington, too, is looking at um, some area down in Virginia. Virginia, that, just that 40 minutes massive, away. Yeah, And it's a massive traffic um, congestion kind of thing. I'm just saying is, as a Philadelphian, and again, I'm the wrong person to ask because I go to one or two Philly games here, my grandkid or whomever. I, I don't go to Eagles games, Sixers game, Flyers games. I mean, when I worked at, uh, when I did Daily News Live, I would go to a couple games in the in the Comcast box. But anyway, you got to ask me. I do Man not think people, Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia is not a public transportation city. It is for people who work, who have, I get it, for people who like live in certain areas of the city to get to their jobs. They take public transportation. We have a subway. We have a Market Street L. And that's the other problem with uh, 10th and Market is that's an L stop. Tell me who gets on the L, right? It isn't subway. It isn't. That's Paco, I guess it is. It's close. Paco is there. Regional Rail goes there with. uh, Regional Rail goes to 
four blocks away, Kevin. No, regional uh, rail does the market east right there. But it's still a couple. It's not like I guess what I'm saying is people who aren't used to get to walking three blocks or whatever. It, it's easy for you and I to say that because I've walked three blocks in my life. I've walked 10 blocks in my life. But again, it's just it, it, I don't think it's the mindset of Philadelphians, the mindset, because a lot of the people live in suburbia. Suburbia is about cars. It is not about people that live in Ben Salem. Do not worry about public transportation. Okay, people live in certain, you know, Narberth or whatever. I mean, well, that's a bad example, maybe. But they're getting in their cars. They live in South Jersey. If they, unless they take the Paco line, they're getting in a car and driving. And I'm just saying, Tenth and Market is not where you want to be driving. I don't think. Yeah. But that's me. South Philly is a drivable. That destination down there supports traffic. It supports drivability. Um. That's just me. But again, it, it, what you know, they got to get their fan base, their whatever, how many season tickets they have, and say, what do you want to do? Because ultimately, that, like you said, nine years from now, if their team is is uh, in the lottery every year, it ain't really going to matter. Matter, man. Yeah, think when the Phillies stink and they're only drawing fifteen thousand, mm-hmm. doesn't matter where they play. But when they're drawing thirty five, forty thousand, like they did for a long time, you know, then it's like okay. Where do you want to go? And I think the answer then was they'll drive their cars to and park. And um, that's just me. Now, do I think a, a stadium in, in uh, an arena in Center City can be a good thing from a, you know, to, I, sure. Uh, but again, if, if we're trying to be Madison Square Garden, then we're nuts. And the Barclays Center, like up in Brooklyn, is a different animal because there is you know, people tried comparing it to that. Um, I think it's a little bit different neighborhood. I think there's, um, I mean, you. I've oh, only been up there a few it, times. It would be gentrified. It would be more. Right. I mean, it was yeah. it was heavily gentrified. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of businesses that have come up, but they also chased a lot of people out. And I do think, yeah. you know, we, we mentioned about the Chinatown concerns. I think there's some validity to that. Sure, um, sure. You know, and, and it's easy to say, well, foot traffic and all that. Well, yeah, okay, and it will quote unquote increase business and foot traffic. That doesn't 40 mean times it, a year. If if somebody can convince me that it's good for go, the let's city, let's go seventy. But okay, if, if somebody can convince me it's good for the city, it's going to make money for the city, it's going to be popular, and the people going to the games are going to be happy going there, then I'm all for it right. and whatever. But if you were asking me right now today. Knowing very few facts, I don't think it's going to go through unless. No, I don't because of the political landscape. That, well, these people that you're talking about that could be the next mayor or whatever, there's going to have to be some concessions on some sides, mm-hmm. somehow, some way. I just think, and maybe I'm cynic, it's going to end up in Jersey somehow, some way, mm-hmm. um, because the two practice facilities are already there. Um, well, the flyers, the flyers are there, yeah, right, and, um, and the six and the again, are on Camden's. But that scenario you painted with Josh Harris, you know, me, hey, maybe there's too many things we don't know, right? And you're talking, you're talking so far out. I mean, nine years yeah. is, is is like forever. I will not, not. I will if this is the end of the Wells Fargo Center in a way. I will not weep for it. No, I I won't either. But again. Let's say the Wells Fargo Center, just for sake of argument, let's say the Wells Fargo Center goes away. 
and it's downtown. Mm-hmm. Villanova going to play seven games a year there? I don't think so. Well, no, no wells about it, Kevin. Those people don't want to go into Center City. Uh, They'll go to. South I think. Philly I think it will. I think it'll be all afternoon games, like a Saturday afternoon. Kevin, or something. you can't play a Wednesday afternoon game. No, okay? I don't. But I don't see like their weeknight games going there. No, Kevin. Kevin, no, but I could see a Saturday afternoon or something. Kevin, yes, the, I've been yeah. told this by many Villanova people. Okay, they do not. They first of all, they don't want to go to Temple. Now, I know 10th and Market ain't Temple. I get it. They don't. South Philly is perfect for them. They get on whatever. They get on the blue 76 route. to 90. The blue route, they're there. They're out. I'm just telling you. That, that That's not conjecture on my part. No, I understand. Is, so, the, okay, and maybe they don't care about Villanova games. Maybe that's whatever. You know, but Villanova does take like five games, six games a year there, and they usually get 20,000 people and, Usually they're national televised games. And, you know, so I'm just saying, that's a consideration. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the people that go to um, Disney on Ice want to go to 10th and Market. They might not have a choice, but I think a lot of people like going to South Philly. They park their car. They feel fairly safe, you uh, know, just walking across a parking lot. And, and you're totally right on this. Uh, yeah, those yeah, are well, all fair big, points. They're all That's fair points, okay? But yeah. let, let's break it down the dollars and cents, okay? If there's a new building, it is there's a shiny new, brand new building at 10th and Market, and there's still the Wells Fargo Center in South Philly, what do you think businesses... Remember, Sixers and Flyers tickets are sold as a package if you have a, if you have a box, Man. okay? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. I mean, I just they're going to want to go to the brand new building. It's, well, it's just... You, if you want to go to 10th and Market, then you want to go to the brand new building. I think there are people that are d- definitely don't want to go to 10th and Market. And, and to ignore that fact is just, it, it's, it's idiocracy. You know, it's like if, if, the, if the Phillies had built it at 15th and Spring Garden. Now, would there be some people that don't want to go to 15th and Spring Garden for whatever reasons? Because the traffic's too bad, the parking's horrible. I don't have the answer to that. I just know that South Philly works from a logistical standpoint. It's easy to get to. It's easy to get out of. It's relatively safe. Okay, I haven't heard of people getting attacked in the parking lots at the Phillies games. That doesn't mean it couldn't happen. And I'm not saying that people will get attacked at 10th and Market. I'm just telling you there's more of a, in a mindset of Philadelphians, there's more of like, oh, I'm going to Center City or I'm going to South Philly. That's all I'm saying all right. is you, you would have to change the mindset of the people going to the games. And we're not just talking about 2030. We're talking about 2040, 2050, and on and on and on. And I think the, the more we go on in our lives, the more we become a car-driven society. This is because – right. And this is a – look, this is an issue that's going to last for a long time. And it's going to be something we'll discuss, I'm yeah, sure. They're going to build it – hey, look, they're going to build it somewhere. Right. And people will go, and if you don't want to go, then you won't go, and it will change maybe the buying habits of your of – your, but I'm just telling you right now, I can't see Villanova playing five games a year, 10th and more. And, again, that's me. I could be totally wrong, but, I, you know, I think Villanova loves South Philly. I think they love going there. I don't know how – now, there's no more circus, so we, we can't – I don't know how 
concerts feel about it. I think Maybe concerts concert will want to go downtown. Yeah, but if the people that go to the concerts don't want to go downtown, that's a problem. Now, concert goers might be more inclined to get on a, a, uh, Train. a public transportation. Well, you know, and, and think of it: you got you got the Met, which has done well down on North Broad. There's other concert venues. Concert venues, uh, concert people, I don't think are as effective. Uh, effective. Hey, I went to the t- I went to the Tower once in my life, and I loved it. But again, it was like going to 69th Street. So I took, you know, I took the the L all the way to 69th Street. Yeah, got the off. T- you have the TLA. Yeah. You have all now. These I places. was never thinking about was 69th Street safe. I never thought about that. That was not in my mindset. Do you think people? Was, well, and and I'll I'll wrap it up with this. Do you think people don't go to the man? Look, the man's not a safe area necessarily out of Fairmount Park. Uh, you know, getting there can be a little dicey, but I don't think I it's think caused. I don't certain, think it's caused one problem out at the man. I just th- think there's a certain segment of the population, Kevin that is not inclined to go to places that they don't feel comfortable going to. That's fair. Everybody feels comfortable going to South Philly right. that I know. So it who is. knows? Um, all right. So let's see. Next week we have the trade deadline. Next week the Eagles will be in full training camp. Uh, uh, next week, um, well, the Flyers will still be irrelevant, but that's a whole different story. We didn't even get into them. I can't wait for like six weeks of training camp. This this is the absolute worst time of the year. And it was what Mike was talking about. Look what, what our world has become. And I'm not meaning this in a bad way. I'm just saying, I'm stating a fact. All the bloggers and all the people that are tweeting, and they know who they are, who tweet. Would you like to give like initials? Please, please, just see what you're doing. Take a look in the mirror. Why don't you just say Elliot's name? No, it's not just it's not just Elliot. It's many people like him. And and that's his job and he sees I know. it as his job. But oh Jalen Hurts just threw a pass. Oh, it didn't look good. Huh? Uh oh, oh, the defense cornerback. I don't care. When they start playing, I'll care. And then I won't need tweets to tell me how the people did. It's insane, is what it is. You know, Jalen Hurts didn't look good in a seven on seven drill. Really? And I, I'm not knocking – I love Derek Gunn. Don't, don't, and Derek said he heard it from somebody. Is that where we're at? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. But we are because everybody wants to hear about the Eagles. And, my God, Jalen Hurts fluttered a pass. Yeah. Oh, my God. Whatever. So, so, next week, Mr. Kern is a milestone show for us. Oh, God. It is episode 200 of this podcast. Yeah. You know what will be a milestone when we make money? Well, and I've put, I've put that pledge out. I've put that thing out. I would like, yeah. To, we're opening it up again. The two hundred. This is our two hundredth. Next week will be our two hundredth episode. Then we're nuts for doing this for two hundred <laughs> episodes without. Re, I'm just telling you in a nice way. I'm telling you, we should do the two hundredth and just say that's it. Just walk away. Well, maybe somebody will want to, you know, associate yeah. with us. Yeah. Yeah, we could tweet from Eagles practice. That'll work. Jesus, God. It, it's <laughs> it's insanity. Do people really ever sit there and, and think, like, this is how we get news now? I mean, like, come on, man. Aren't we better than that? But obviously we're not. Or, or people wouldn't, you know. 
And God forbid Jalen has a bad practice or a good practice. You know, I, you know, when you're, you're frustrated by this, no, I'm, I'm, it's, I don't understand it. I don't understand why we hinge our lives on somebody telling me what some Eagle did at practice when they line up against the Now, if somebody gets, if, if, if Jalen Hurts breaks his knee in practice, that's fine. We should know that Jalen, who probably isn't even when they line up against the lions, the first game, because he's probably not going to play very much in training in the, the preseason games. Then we're going to find out. And, and like I said, you may not find out until week 10, 11, 12, 13, yeah. when they're playing a game that they're down 10 in the third quarter and they got to come back and throw the ball and either they can or they can't. They're, they're going to win barring something totally unforeseen. They're going to win more games than they did last year. It may only be one more game. It may be two more. Who knows? It may be three. They may win the division because nobody's repeated in 20 years in the division. But again, um, I, I, this 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 need to know stuff that doesn't matter just strikes me as being kind of insane. But that's the world. That's what the NFL has become. You know, you don't see people tweeting from Philly spring training, or at least maybe I miss it, or maybe I don't know, maybe they do. Um, but again, it's it's just it borders on the insane. It really does. When you think about it, that we would talk about Jalen Hurts, what he did in a seven on seven drill. <laughs> and apparently he got sacked twice in a seven on seven drill. I'm still trying to figure that one out. How you get sacked with nobody rushing. Hey, what can I tell you? You feel better? No, I'm just I, things that I don't understand, Kevin, bug me. And when they bug me, I couldn't they, tell. They, but again, am I wrong? Why doesn't somebody else say step up and say this? Because am I, I wrong? Because I don't pay attention to it. Well, we do pay attention to it because the minute the tweet comes out, no, I don't pay attention to it. No, no, I no, don't. no. But what I'm saying, Kevin, I guess what I'm saying is, so somebody will tweet something, right. then other people will tweet, and eventually, when we're doing this show or something, we might say, hey, you know. Jalen hasn't looked good at practice or something. Or we'll say something like that. Or, or, or I remember Ruben, I was listening to Ruben Franco on the radio, and I like Ruben. And he said that's why he doesn't tweet from practice because he doesn't want to get into that. And I respect him for for that. We ought to get Ruben because on he the real, show. He realizes how much nonsense it is. Yeah. As somebody who's covered the Eagles for forty years. Yeah. So okay. All right. Well, by the way, I, I, I'm going to call you in a minute. I, I have some Billy Joel tickets, if you were interested. So. To where? Up in New York? Yeah, up at the Garden. Oh, Christ. Well, I got a hat for you. Okay. Well, we'll Not get, the same thing. No. We'll get together. Okay. Uh, all right. Thank you, Michael. You got it, babe. Take care. All right. Thanks to Mike Missanelli for joining us. All right. Thanks to you for joining us. Have a great rest of the week. This has been Work on the Beat. Hell you went.